You're listening to Christian Roots, examining the roots of biblical Christianity to produce fruit in modern-day Christians. Hi, Kyle. Hey, Henry. <laughs> we made it to episode two without we being canceled. Exactly. I mean, when you're produced, when you're self-produced, is it? Can you? Do you really get canceled? If it's bad enough, I, I mean, guess. I guess you can cancel yourself. But no, welcome to Christian Roots. My name is Henry Link, and my co-host is Pastor Kyle. I'm a student pastor here. Thank you. Thank you. Hold the applause. Hold the applause. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Yep, I see that hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's like a, that's an episode in itself, yes, right there. Yes. That, see, that well, I'm, I'm trying to get us as disorganized and <laughs> rabbit chasing as possible. Oh well, we we can chase some rabbits. I mean, wow, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, welcome to episode two uh, of Christian Roots. Uh, we got some shout outs even on episode uh, one. Uh, you know, ain't been around long enough to get some, you know. Some hate thrown at us. No, nope, not we'll, yet. We'll probably it's get coming. That. It'll it's come. coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, we are so glad to have this opportunity for uh, whoever is listening, uh, and if nothing else, uh, we'll listen to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but no, we we do thank you for those that have. Uh, listened already to episode one. Um, I would encourage you, uh, if you can, on social media. Uh, I know on uh, as a ministry of the Church on the Hill, you can find our episodes listed on our Facebook uh, on our Facebook page, also on our website. And I would encourage you, if you if you would, you know, share it, share these, share the podcast, share the episodes. Just uh, invite people to follow along with us, and because uh, we would love to have the opportunity just to encourage as many people as possible with this truth. And uh, today, what I would like to do, Kyle, is I want us to talk about uh, some a key part in our mission or vision statement, whatever we want to call it, and that is the idea of biblical Christianity. Um, why talk about Christianity and modern-day Christians and talking about producing fruit in modern-day Christians with biblical Christianity? Isn't Christianity just Christianity? Uh, isn't it all just the same? Uh, so why, why, what, what do we mean when we talk about biblical roots and biblical Christianity? Uh, why do we need that? Well, first of all, I mean, foundationally, there is no Christian faith without Scripture. Hmm. Um, I guess that's where we got to start, yeah. right? Um, but I think too, you know, if if we truly believe and we do that every aspect of our life should be governed and directed by the authority of Scripture, um, then we ought to look at what Scripture says about our life. Hmm. And yeah. so that's kind of where this comes in, into play: is if you want to learn how to be a biblical Christian, mm-hmm. you need to start with the Bible. Well, let's, let's talk about that, because you, you said 
our our lives are governed by Scripture, but don't we really believe that our our lives should be governed by God? Why do Why do we have to trust this book that's been you know almost two thousand years old? You know, surely it's dated by now. It's got so much culture in it, and so much tie in with that. Why Why can't uh, culture changes? Uh, why can't Christianity change with the times? Well, you know, we're told in Scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Okay. God does not change, and because God does not change, his authority does not change, his character does not change, his morality, his standard, his law does not change. That's right. Uh, the entire character of God is the same, whether 2,000 years ago, present day, or 2,000 years from now. Yeah, and I think one thing that, that comes to mind is we need to understand that the Bible is not a book about God, but it is what we believe to be the Word of God. Right. Uh, and so let's define that. Let's unpack that a little bit more. I would say that we believe in the uh, divinely inspired verbal uh, and plenary uh, inspir- inspiration of Scripture. Uh, you know, what do we mean when we talk about divinely inspired and when we say the words like plenary and we talk about verbal inspiration? What does all that mean? What? Well, it means that, you know, God has handed down his word to faithful men to uh, write the things of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and even in... Um, even in the scriptures, we get we get the personality of each writer as they're writing, mm. but it's still coming from the authority. You know, thus saith the Lord. You know, we're still getting that the authority that comes from um, God, and so for us to say, "Yes, I'm I'm a Christian," um, you know, why are you a Christian? Well, God saved me. Okay, well, what did God say? Let's let's look at what God has how said. Do you, yeah, how do you know He yeah, saved you? Yeah, how do you even know who God is? That's right. You know, and we can you know you talk about you know very basically we can look in creation and see God and see these things, but God has revealed Himself both in creation and but also in His Word, mm-hmm. and so we know about God. We know about God's law, God's character, God's expectations, all these things from His Word. Yeah, and therefore we know how to live. Because of his word. Well, and I think the the thing that comes to mind, a couple things on that that comes to mind is, it, if if we don't have that standard to look at, then we're really it's opinions. Yeah, it's your opinion versus my opinion. Uh, you know, it's you know well, that's your God, not my God. Well, that that's that's not God. Uh, it's not my thoughts of God. It's who God is, whether I think rightly or right. or not in that. And I think that's one thing. One thing that I go back to and. I know some would try to say, well, this is circular reasoning. You're using Scripture to define Scripture. Uh, no, this is this is really why I believe the Bible is true, and the Bible is foundational um, in that. And that is Paul um, Peter's words in Second Peter chapter one when he says, he says, "For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty." For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. 
and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, and right here, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from ma- some comes from someone's own interpretation. So that right there, the, the what Peter is saying is that he's saying that there is no prophecy of Scripture, no Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. So there has to be a standard. Now, how do we know that this book is? the is the standard well that's where the divine part comes in in that saying divinely inspired because he says he says in the very next verse for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit so what peter is saying is he's saying that we we did not try to teach any cleverly devised devised myths. We weren't trying to make up fairy tales, which some people would say the Bible is. It's just myths and fables. Um, he says that's not what we're doing. We saw these things happen. These weren't these weren't you know just random thoughts. These were actual eyewitness accounts that we are recording. And he say and, and he says it would do well for you to listen to this because. This is not our interpretation. This is, one, what we saw, but this is also given to us through the inspiration and through the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what he says when he says, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, so what what you have there is you have the, the partnership of the of the man being the vessel that the Spirit of God uses to communicate his truth, his word. Uh, and and now, the beautiful thing is, is he did not do that robotically. Uh, it wasn't like he just overtook the individual and he was writing. No, he the man was writing what God was inspiring yeah. him to write. Yeah. So that's where you have the personalities of Peter and Paul the, and, and and all the different uh, the, the different emphasis because the, of the different uh, different approaches to truth in that it doesn't change the truth we're not talking about different truths but different emphasis uh, that that come up on that but it's still ultimately be under the guideline and the guy the active guiding of the Holy Spirit to communicate his truth. When I think about, you know, a couple of things you were talking about there is, you know, Peter says this isn't a story that has been devised from, you know, human invention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you look at the full scope of the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. No one could ever come up with that kind of a story. Right. Um no one, especially over that many years, with that many different cultures, that many different languages, that many different people, you 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 couldn't begin to fathom and create that kind of story, right? With that kind of involvement, especially especially when the authors are the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, especially when you know you yourself are the sinner. You yourself are you know, liars and cheaters and, and thieves and all these kind of things. And yet the God 
who called you to write is saying, "Hey, I, now I, I have sal- I have brought salvation for you." Well, one thing one thing that I want to say on that real quick, what you just said was the the funny part is is these guys were writing at the cost and at the risk of their own lives, right? And that's and that was my that was my part too of of that. Yeah, is you look at you know some of the big names in scripture. So you know Abraham was a a, a wealthy and prominent individual who left all of that to follow God when God didn't even tell him where he was going. Mm. You look at Noah, right, who was just standing out in the field, just looking crazy, building this boat when no one had ever seen rain. Yeah. You look at Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah got up and preached a message that no one wanted to hear and 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 calling out sin, calling people to repent, calling that the judgment of God is going to come, and yet he did it. And so those people are either, I mean, you carry that even into the New Testament, you know, John the Baptist and, and mm. the Apostle Paul and Peter and John and all, and all these guys. So either they are just crazy people that mm-hmm. just, they, they just desire for people to hate them. Yeah. Or they're led by God to do these things. Yeah. And that, that's that one thing I want to I go back on. I'm go, we're going to give a little bit of a trivia. Okay. Okay. Um, and if you're listening and you're following on, like I said, on Facebook or uh, on our website, go on our Facebook page on, under the the post for the uh, for this episode and, and see if you can comment before. Or so give us give a second before to think before you answer. I'll see if you know. Hmm. Uh, you know that's Is there a prize? Is the, there a prize for this? I'll give you a gold star. Hey, you remember those in Sunday school? Yes. Oh man, I never got any. <laughs> you remember seeing them right yeah. under everybody I, I else's name? I saw other people get them. Other people they got them all the time. <laughs> they look like it looked like a lot of fun. Uh, so Bible <laughs> trivia. Okay. How many how many books are in the Bible? Sixty six. Old Testament, New Testament. Ooh. Mm. There are twenty-seven in the New Testament. Okay, so sixty-six. So sixty-six <laughs> minus twenty-seven. There's your answer. Yeah, that's an old, <laughs> in the Old Testament. <laughs> didn't know you were going to have to do math. Here, <laughs> no, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. That's thirty-nine. Yeah. So you, you that's, knew, that's what you I was got, computing. You yeah. got the equation yeah. right. So. <laughs> um, how many languages was it written in? There were Hebrew, okay. Aramaic, and. Greek and Greek three three languages. Uh, how many authors? Ooh, a proc. I'll give you approximate in that. How many authors? I'm gonna say. Man, I shouldn't know these. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm gonna say somewhere around the twenty twenty five mark. Over forty different what? authors. Forty. See what throws me off is you know you got Paul who wrote several books. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Moses, yeah. who wrote several books, right? You know, that's who. Who is the who's the who wrote the largest portion? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> it's not. It's not the largest portion. The largest portion of scripture. The largest book? No, the largest portion. Okay, the largest portion. I would say. Moses? Yes, Moses. Hey, Good job. Go. Look at you. Look at you. I know you want to go with Paul because, I mean, you, well, I was thinking, he wrote a fourth of the right, New Testament, right. but you got to think. Moses wrote the Torah. I mean, right. Moses recorded the So you got Genesis at 50 chapters, right. Exodus at 40, Leviticus yeah. at 20. I mean, you got some major chunks I was thinking, there. I was thinking like Psalms. Some of the Psalms. But I was like, you know, do we know that David wrote yeah. all this? You know, no. that's why I was like, is this a trick question? And it was written over a, pro- over a period of approximately how many years? Mm. Is this a approximate? Approximate, yeah. 
I'd say about 3,000. 1,500. If you think Moses is, Moses recorded Genesis, Moses was around the Exodus, which is anywhere between 1,400 okay. B.C. Okay, into, like into creation, you know, if you take the 90 A.D. Uh, you know, year for John in that and everything. Here's my point why getting that. There actually is a point to that. It wasn't just random Bible trivia, though. It was Felt fun. random. Felt that random. was re- really fun. Um, you've got a book, a collection of 66 different books with over 40 different authors in three different languages across the span of f- approximately 1,500 years, and yet the message all yeah. lines up. Yeah. There, there's no way that 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 can't happen right. apart from a objective, external, supernatural influence and voice carrying that message across that time and across those individuals. You know, and nothing I was going to say earlier before we started the game of trivia that made me look bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> You don't come up with one for yeah, me I'm, now? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some off-the-wall <laughs> trivia for you. Um, as long as it's not about Florida Gators. That's all that I, I just look down. No. Um, but you look at these people, so it's like some of the guys that I named, especially in my mind, I'm thinking Jeremiah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. Isaiah, I'm thinking um, Paul, uh, you know, obviously Jesus, who said the things they said, wrote the things that they said, and when they faced opposition for what they were saying, they didn't change what they were saying. They just said, hey, God, this is just what God has told me to tell you. You know, I think of Paul in the book of Acts when he's brought before kings and rulers and judges to, to give an account. Mm. He's saying, look, I'm just telling you what what I know. Yeah. I'm just telling you what has been told to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it never was they present their message. No. The people respond some sort of way, and they say, "Well, you know what? You're right. Let me change that. I'll alter this, and we'll have a new message that that uh, approves and affirms the culture, which is really, which is really what people on the opposing side are after. Mm. You know, no, hardly. I guess there's a small sliver of people that would, but no one changes the gospel to make us worse. Yeah, right. Yeah, no one changes the gospel to to add more sin to our already sinful lives. That's right. When when the gospel or when the message or when it when it's changed or challenged, it's in our benefit. Yeah. Right? You you can live that way because that Bible passage was written to that culture and that language for those people. Yeah. And it you know, they're trying to appease people rather than glorify God with what they're saying. And that's where that's why that's why the the question comes in with the divine inspiration. Uh, Because if it's not divinely inspired, then it is a book written by man. Uh, And therefore, our opinions can change. And the the other thing, another thing, just for time, to keep us moving on for time, uh, verbal, the verbal inspiration. So we got divine inspiration, the verbal inspiration, meaning we believe that the very words of the Bible are God's words. Uh, it's not just the authors in that. It, right. If it was the authors, then that's what you're saying. I would make it sound a little bit better. Right. You know, but they're not communicating their message. They're they're communicating what has what they've been charged and commanded to communicate through the through the Spirit. But then the Plenary inspiration means that we believe every part of the Bible. 
uh, is true, and it is the Word of God. Uh, that's where Second Timothy three sixteen. Right. All Scripture is God breathed. All Scripture is inspired by God, uh, and therefore, when we talk about the talk about biblical Christianity, we're talking about the Christianity that is communicated in the Bible through the Word of God. Now, what I want to do is transition here just because, again, because of our time, um, I want to transition real quick to some of the some of the things that people would cause people to question the authenticity, the the you know the perfection and the sufficiency and the you know infallibility and uh, inerrancy of scripture. Uh, and so let let's talk real quick when we it is still a book that's been around for 2000 years. Uh, the amazing thing is it is the number one bestseller of all time. Um, for 2000 years, it's been attacked and, and it has never lost a fight. Right. Uh, in that some of the things that I've, that I've looked up in the past and I've, uh, just researched that I came, that I came across was, you know, when you consider archeological digs, that's a beautiful thing about the Bible is that it's a real book about real people and real places telling yeah. real events of a supernatural God that can be proven and has been proven time and time again in archaeology. Yeah. Uh, the At one point, I heard over 25,000 archaeological digs and missions used really to to seek out to disprove the Bible, and every one of them have come back and actually proven right. the Bible. Uh, you know, they found Jericho, uh, and they found the ancient city of Jericho dug down so deep that they got to the foundation and found walls that were crumbled and burned, which is exactly what God commanded the people to do. In mm. the book of Joshua, yeah, and they they found these things yeah. like the, so. You can go to the River Jordan. You can go to the Red Sea. You can see. Uh, you can go to what is believed to be Calvary, Mount Calvary, right. uh, and see these things and 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 see the connection. So it's not like these are just things that are made up, but even more so, the actual writings. You know, the argument is, is, well, we can't believe it because that book's so old. Well, one thing, you may have heard this before, but uh, if not, uh, the, you know, we believe that there are other uh, historical manuscripts that, uh, that we trust to be right and real. Uh, one of the ones, it would be um, uh, Homer's Iliad. It's probably mm. one of the, it's one of the most well-known yeah. yep. uh historical uh, writings, uh, and you realize we have 1,700, about 1,757 copies of the original writings. We don't have any of the original writings, which we don't have any of the original writings of of the New Testament. Right. Um, but we have 1,757 copies or so of Homer's Iliad. You realize that the earliest manuscript is 400 years removed from the original writing. Hmm. Uh, the Caesar's uh, Gallic Wars, 250 copies with 900 
uh, years, Plato's tetralogies, uh, which again, all these names, everyone would absolutely, historians, absolutely, there's real people, real writings, we can trust, we can learn from them. 200 copies of his writings, no originals, with 1,400 years removed in between, gap between the original writings and the earliest manuscript. There has been, to my knowledge, there's over 23,700 copies of the, of the manuscripts of the original New Testament writings. You know how, how, how wide the gap is between the original writings and the earliest copies we have? No, please tell me. <laughs> 60 years one generation yeah. yeah one generation it's amazing but no no that that's a book of fairy tale that's a made up those are made up stories they're not real they didn't really happen well you think even more recent you know think of you know george washington how yeah. do we know george washington existed mm. we, we didn't see him there's no photographs of him right we have paintings of him riding yeah. the boat you, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i mean we have we have writings maybe that he's written or writings about him but so how do you know that and that's where, you know, that argument kind of falls apart for me Yeah. of saying, you know, you believe all these other things that we, and we have less proof of those things right? than we do. Uh, and, and I see what you're saying, you know, they're further removed. Mm-hmm. There's more time has elapsed for adding in extra details. Right. right. But, but, you know, no scripture has been. So here, here's what I want to do, just for time's sake. We do want to keep this 20 to 30 minutes just for listeners. If you're listening to it in the car, uh, you know, commute to work or maybe to, to, and, from, or to and from work. Uh, so here's, here's what I want to do. I, I want us to – we're going to kind of put a pin in it right here, okay? And I want us to come back next week, and we're going to talk more about – really, one – how this has played out historically, because I do think there's biblical, the biblical Christianity has been proven over the course of history. And see how is modern day Christianity so different, especially in this area of biblical teaching? How does modern day Christianity approach uh, the the biblical scriptures and the biblical writings? Uh, where are we trying to adjust and change, and right. what what is what should a a biblical Christian rooted in Scripture be? What should be their response? Sound yeah. good to you? Yeah, uh, you know. Any last inter- word? Well, you know, kind of interesting to, to to talk about. You know, you know, if there's so much you know proof and evidence out there for for all the things we talked about today, um, how have we gotten it so wrong? Yeah, you know, where 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 did we go wrong? Right. And of course, the follow-up question for that is, how do we correct that? Right. And how and, do we get back to that biblical? And that's what we desire to 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 yep. to help and help ourselves know. Right. Because right. again, I'll never forget we're in this journey with you. So, listeners, thank you so much for uh, taking some time and listening to Christian Roots uh, with us. Be on the lookout next week for uh, another episode, and we'll continue examining the the roots of biblical Christianity to produce fruit in modern day Christians. Amen. Amen.